today on Doomed. We traced the call. It's coming from inside the house. Over the past few weeks, two separate Twitter bot rings were uncovered. One by Trevor, aka at Liking Online, and one by yours truly. Trevor joins me and we discuss how each network was unmasked and how both bot farmers were being falsely linked to the Russians and how one in fact was coming right from a source that gins up the Russia bot hysteria themselves. This and much more on today's episode of Doomed with Matt Binder. So this week, my piece where I detail how I uncovered my Twitter bot farm was published in the outline. It's called How to Make Money Off America's Love Affair with Fake News. And you can go to theoutline.com or the link is in the description to this episode to read it. You can also check out my guest's Twitter bot sleuthing via a link in the description as well. If you like what you see and hear, you can support not only this podcast, but my work overall at my Patreon page at patreon.com slash mattbinder. The patron-only content is about to begin, and all it takes is a measly $5 a month so you don't miss out. And as always, you can continue listening to this free weekly episode and support this show without spending a dime by leaving a review on iTunes. Seriously, leaving either a five-star review or a written review, if you're feeling uh, so inclined, does help out this podcast by putting it in front of more eyeballs and helping it climb up the iTunes charts. Also, if you missed out on our last episode with Nathan Robinson of Current Affairs, be sure to check it out, as our near hour-and-a-half-long discussion on Jordan Peterson is quickly becoming uh, the most popular episode of this podcast yet. Enjoy! <laughs> Joining us on the show now. Now, I'm, I'm excited for this one because we're going to talk about something that, you know, we, we it's almost like we, we're living mirror lives right now because me and this guy have both uncovered two separate Twitter bot farms this past week or two. And we're going to get into it here. We're going to really, we're going to blow your minds with how we found this out. Uh, Each of us have a separate story completely. And we're going to hear Trevor's first. You might know him as at liking online on Twitter. Trevor, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Matt. Good to be here. Now this this is exciting stuff. We've both blown the lid off of two separate Twitter bot farms. Let's get right to yours first. Let's get right to what you've uncovered here. Let's start with first of all, what do you do for a living? So I'm in uh, I'm in grad school right now. I uh, I study cognitive psych and um, these uh, looking at these um, bot networks has been a major source of procrastination during my dissertation writing time. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a grad student, so that's kind of like where I picked up my uh, statistical chops and data visualization. Cool, yeah, because um, that came into, I mean, we'll, we'll get more into that, but it seems like you really had to dig into these bots to really figure out uh, where this was all coming from. Yeah, having a little bit of technical know-how definitely, um, definitely helps being able to, you know, have, know my way around some code and stuff like that so i can you know pull all the tweets in a, in a um, automated fashion right, Plus, right. Um, on the internet sleuthing side so i can focus 
focus more on, um, you know, the analysis side of it. So let's let's get into this now. So you're dicking around on Twitter, I assume, like like we all do. <laughs> and, exactly. And what stood out? How did you find? How did you first like find something odd on Twitter? Yeah. So um, so anyone who is extremely online on the left has probably come across some of Sally Albright's um, terrible takes. Um, she is a had been an advocate of the notion that free college is racist. And, uh, you know, everyone knows that she's not arguing in good faith, but from time to time you like to get into a little bit of a tussle. Um, so that's what I was doing back in January, I believe. Um, and, um, yeah, basically I was, uh, just replying to her inane comments and, uh, I woke up the next morning and like five, five or so of, um, of her replies to me had been retweeted like 40 times and picked up zero faves. So I thought that, that was kind of weird. I mean, in my experience on Twitter, you know, if someone, uh, you know, if, if a, a tweet that you make is going to get some retweets, it'll usually be like in the range of two times as many faves too. Right, right. Five times as many faves. So I thought that that looked kind of artificial, and that's kind of like where I um, where I started to dig in. Right. That's if I saw a tweet with just a bunch of retweets, I would automatically think something was off too. Maybe someone who's not as uh, online as us wouldn't really think anything was weird with it. But for sure, yeah, the the two come together, and usually, yeah, there's more faves than retweets. Right. Yeah, and, and I think that that's a general rule for just organic interactions on Twitter. You know, people don't want to share, you know, some, someone's reply that's like 40, 40 comments deep into the uh, response or the reply section. Um, so yeah, when, when I saw like five of her responses to me had like 40 plus retweets and zero to five likes, I, I thought something might've been up. But these are, these are replies to you too. So these are like, these are right. the type of tweets even, that, yeah, they they shouldn't even be publicly really going out. I mean, anyone could find them. They are public, but they yes. won't show up in her followers. The people who follow her won't see them in their feeds because they're at you. Right. Yeah, essentially. Um, I think that they come up sometimes on a, someone's feed, but, like, the idea of, like, literally 40 different people trolling through the, the replies section, like, 40 comments deep, um, is kind of just preposterous. Yeah. Like celebrities sometimes on Twitter don't even get that many retweets on a reply to somebody. <laughs> right. And then you usually see like a, uh, like a, uh, like a logarithmic de decay function, you know, like the first tweet will get a hundred and then the next two will get 50 and then, um, next one will get 10 or something like that. So it was just really odd to see each and every one of her tweets getting amplified that much right right and and like you were you were, you were going into her more before and i just want to you know it just hit me again because sometimes you know she has sally albright has done a really good job again for people who who aren't on twitter or anything you probably don't even know who she is and really i guess in the big scheme of things she really is a nobody other than on twitter right but, so i mean I, I don't have too much like personal interest in sally i i i did not know she existed before um her terrible tweets on twitter so um the amount of impact that that she has on uh, you know in the real world is probably negligible but she does have a track record of being a democratic consultant for 
Hillary Clinton in 2016 and 2008. Right. Go ahead. Right. And the thing to me is like, um, she is nobody to most people, but she does have this sort of, she is a professional, this is her job. Her prof- she's a professional uh, communication strategist. And um, she's worked with campaigns. And the reason I just want to go back to this is because it just, you know, it just clicked. I, I, we were talking and it just clicked. She, before all this, was, was working for Newt Gingrich. In 2012, yeah. She was working for... Um, Robert Bentley, who ran for uh, Alabama governor and won, and had to resign yeah. later on. Twenty eleven, yeah. Um, and if yeah, I rem- so around the times of those campaigns, I think was when she, um, I, I found a press release about her starting up a um, a PR firm, basically. Right, right. And if I remember correctly, I mean, we all know Newt Gingrich. I don't know what her role was in that campaign. But I mean, I, Newt Gingrich. <laughs> I think that the fact that she that she worked on the Gingrich campaign. I mean, that guy is an absolute cretin. I mean, she's a, a mercenary through it through, right? Oh, right, right, right. Of course, yes. But I'm just trying to get to the point that um, her she was very integral. I'm finding a lot more of her with uh, Robert Bentley than anybody else because she clearly had a bigger role on the Robert Bentley campaign. And Robert Bentley was an anti-Obama campaign. I mean, he's Republican, so it's not a surprise uh, against the you know. Alabamans were deprived of the mandate and this is someone who's saying that you know she's a democratic uh, resistance member now she's a never trumper and uh, the left they're not really leftists it's just stunning (laughs) yeah it it is pretty amazing Um, I don't know how much uh, Diggy you've done into uh, her professional background Um, I I think one of the the main stories that that pops up is uh, an article on Politico about like some drama over the the Bentley campaign with the the strategy the media strategy people I don't know did you right, I think I saw something about that yeah but I was just quickly like glancing right now I don't really know too much about it I know that there was a, a, a an odd uh, if you if you look up Sally Albright Politico um, Bentley there there was some article about an abrupt um, you know um, laying off or um, I'm not it, they didn't really go too much into the the drama, but I know that her husband is also a uh, GOP um, operative. That's that's something that I picked up in that that article. Right, right, like, right. And then she has like Facebook posts, like with her and uh, Romney posing at CPAC and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, her <laughs> political alliances are are uh, quite interesting. And again, I didn't mean to uh, glance over her uh, her Newt Gingrich work, but it's sort of like you know we all know Newt. <laughs> once once you hear someone work for Newt Gingrich, you know they're uh you know, if if you're fine with uh, some guy uh leaving his uh not, let's not get into Newt Gingrich. Oh that guy. <laughs> Absolute cretin. Exactly. Although I do enjoy his tweets about like going to the zoo and shit. Oh, I need to follow him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> he does like these weird like I'm going at the zoo today and he posts pictures of like the animals he'll see or he'll post like these videos of like I'm reviewing my new iPhone I'm like it's unbelievable Hell yeah. he may one day very soon actually get that uh, moon base of his though the dream might come true yeah, I'll hope <laughs> so let's get back to the Twitter bots God damn you, Newt. Um, yeah, there's, there's probably going to be a, a, a plenty of um, tangents that we can go off on here with right, these characters right. that are involved. Right. I mean, 
I know of a couple coming up. Yeah, I, I, I know exactly who you're thinking of. So let's get to them. Uh, so, so you notice these weird, uh, these weird retweets on her replies to you, and something's off. So what happens next? So um, I noticed that um, that it was all the same accounts retweeting me, right? So um, there was about, I think, 30 or 40 um, unique accounts that um, were consistently uh, retweeting her replies. And then what happened next, actually, was uh, I saw a post by a Twitter user, at uh, Honored Spirit, and they had just um, commented on the super high retweet to like ratio tweets and then i believe that they also posted a screenshot of of um of the account representing sally albright's um pr firm druid city media so that's what initially got me um looking into you know her pr firm and stuff like that so um after i saw that her pr firm was retweeting her i'm like oh my god this is like what pr firms do right I don't really too much, know too much about online marketing, but essentially, um, that's I, I think that's a that's big business, right? Oh yes, of course. Yeah. So after that, um, basically, um, I I used um, the Twitter API to um, I used a, a package in this program called R, which is like an open source statistical package, and um, this uh, awesome. Um, Awesome package for it called RTweet. Just allows you to type in the uh, the screen name that you want to collect all of the tweets for. And so I did that for all of these um, all of these uh, curious accounts that were retweeting Sally Albright. And that's kind of where I, um, you know, that's where I figured out that um, that you know, fifteen percent of all of their retweets were from Sally Albright. So they the their most consistent person that they retweeted was Sally Albright. Um, and then I noticed, um, you know, I, 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 I can make these uh, word clouds so I can kind of get like the sentiment and the topics that they're tweeting about. So, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of did a, just a, a big deep dive into what these accounts were, were tweeting about, um, which accounts they were retweeting. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of how I, how I started doing it. Did you just take the accounts from, um, the one like you just clicked on like the retweet uh like link on all those tweets to get the accounts or was there like another way you figured out uh chose how to look up the accounts um so initially i just did it by hand um i i just saw that it was about the same about 40 accounts um that were um retweeting so initially like i what i did was i, I actually just added them all to a list on twitter um and the, the, the package that I use, RTweet, allows you to just collect all of the timelines from every user in a list, basically. So, you know, there were 60 or something accounts um, in total, like after doing um, some additional sleuthing. Some of them were left dormant. Um, and, yeah, so I basically just built up a list of all of these um, accounts that, um, that primarily only retweet stuff so that's another thing that i thought was very weird like i'm not sure like how prevalent users on twitter will never tweet something unique or never tweet a a response just solely retweet things i just think that's a very weird way to to use 
the platform and I'm, I'm automatically suspicious of, of any accounts that, um, you know, with over 95% um, retweets of other accounts. So that was kind of another curious thing I noticed about these accounts. Right, right. I've come across like Twitter accounts where you'll just see a ton of retweets on their feed and then you'll click the tweets and reply and you'll see some replies from them. I guess some people don't like, you know, tweeting out they don't feel like they don't have anything to say really tweet out in public so they just reply to people or whatever sure but, that makes sense i mean that's kind of how i started using the platform right right, right. but you're right that uh I mean, i'm sure there are people who just retweet maybe just but again uh they would be uh retweeting from their one account and there certainly wouldn't be uh twitter accounts out there that match exactly everybody they've ever retweeted Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's other curious things about all of these, um, all of these accounts that were eventually admitted to be sock puppets by Sally. Um, yeah, let's get into those other things because I, I was reading some in that Huffington Post article. They, uh, they wrote up about you and your work on this and some of the things that they were using to make that I'm assuming Sally was using to, to make these accounts was, uh, was kind of fucked up. Yeah, really fucked up. So, I mean, so about like 10% of the accounts or something actually linked to um, like a, a web domain that Sally had set up and bought. So it's not like these accounts were, you know, it, it, the, the job of setting them up, the all of the, the digital footprints were all, were all there, basically. Connecting right um, back to her, yeah. Connecting right back to her. Um, so, yeah, she didn't really take too much care to to obfuscate, you know, the origin of these accounts or anything like that. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, the fucked up part about a lot of these accounts is that, um, they had been using, um, appropriated images of, uh, of people that are just found online. So, um, some of them are curiously morbid and other ones, um, I, I have no idea what the process was for, for picking these accounts, but um, so like an example was um, on the Iris Winter account. So all of these accounts are since suspended. So um, unfortunately, now we're talking about this, and it's kind of hard for people to go in and, uh, and verify um, and <laughs> troll around, troll around on all of these uh, different accounts because they're just quite a sight sight to see. Um, but I'm sure that you'll uh, you'll link um, some of my work that actually has the archive tweets. Um, in the description or something, yeah, but no anyway, problem, of course, yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, so some of these accounts, um, one of them was uh, a picture of an Olympic ice uh, ice dancer, and the Olympics are going on. Like <laughs> when I found all of this stuff out, and the way that I found it out was that it was just simply right clicking in Google Chrome and doing a reverse image search on on these images. So going through. Uh, you know, the, the 60 accounts or something, um, most of them, um, didn't really have, it, didn't have a hit, but, um, certain, certain other ones did. So, um, the, on this Iris Winder account, for example, um, there was a, uh, an Instagram photo of, um, a, an Olympic ice dancer from, from Spain that was like competing in the Olympics when I was finding all of this out. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I, I found her her Twitter handle and stuff. I tagged her in the post that I made about it, and she responded with a uh, curiously pensive. Um, Excuse me, emoji. sir. I, that is me, and I'm a huge fan of Sally Albright. Yeah, I I just went <laughs> ahead and let her um, 
appropriate my my image to uh, to spread the free college's racism racism mean. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that that was uh, pretty funny. She actually said, um, "I absolutely did not give permission to." Uh, right, of course, of course. Right. Who gives their permission for someone to just use their their image for like a Twitter avatar saying who knows what? Yeah, I mean, maybe if you have someone, if you're super famous and you're like managing, um, and you have someone managing your Twitter account for you. Um, but yeah, just a just the especially with a, a different name on there and totally different bio and everything. Right, so it's, it's pretty uh, absurd on its on its face. I mean, and then there's uh, there's a, several other accounts where the the person could not um, give consent uh, or uh, you know or or decline to give consent because they are pictures of people who have passed, which is uh, I thought a pretty morbidly um, fucked up thing to do. Um, so the, the account Maddie underscore where was an image of. Um, of a librarian from Florida, an elderly woman who was accidentally shot and killed in a police training exercise. And I had, I, I had actually remembered that story from, I think it was sometime in 2016, just a horrible, horrible tragedy. Um, yeah, and she's, um, been using her, her photo to, uh, for her political, uh, astroturfing operation. Um, another, um, woman of color who was, killed in a high-speed police chase who has their, their photo online. Um, another uh, an individual from Canada who was in a, uh, a balcony collapse under her. Um, so her photo was online. So I'm not sure what the process was for, for going through and selecting these images. Um, I found one other one um, who... I found the only other uh, Twitter account that I found, um, or the only other active Twitter account that I found, um, was a woman who was a, uh, you know, an anti-fracking, um, anti, uh, anti, um, fossil fuel activist. It seems like her account was deactivated though, but I think that it's fair to assume that none of these people, you know, consented to, um, to having their, uh, their, their photos stolen for these political purposes. Well, first of all, I guess we can't really tell if uh, Sally Albright, as in addition to being a uh, Republican uh, strategist and a Democratic strategist and a PR person, perhaps she can also talk to the dead. And they did give her consent. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah, she's she said in the in the in the HuffPo piece, um, they um, Paul Blumenthal got her on the record saying that these accounts um were handed over to her voluntarily to run i think that's i think that's what um what her story was and she said that she actually changed the, the profile pictures on several of them so um that seems to me like an, an admission that you know if she's going in and changing the profile pictures it would seem that you know if, if these people really handed over their accounts before they had passed away it would just seem strange to to use them if, if they are indeed right uh, i gotta say we'll, we'll get a little We'll get a little bit more into uh, what she told uh, Paul over at Huffington Post in a second. But I got to say, I have never read something. Well, I'm sure I have, but it's been a little while. Uh, actually, it probably isn't even, hasn't even been that long. <laughs> anyway, though, 
I read it. What what her what her response, what her comment was, or her official response to this was, and what a load of bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, really? it's, uh, it's what pretty a load. Of, we'll get to it. In, we'll get to it more in a second. But what a I was just like, who does she think is going to believe this? This yeah. is just ridiculous. I mean, props to Paul Blumenthal for for, for getting that uh, that quote. Right. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's like, what was she thinking? What was she thinking? In fact, there the, there's probably a hundred different responses she could have given. That would have made her look better, whether it be denying outright or taking full responsibility for it. That would have been better than the than the <laughs> official comment she actually gave. Yeah, and this person really is a PR person. <laughs> Unbelievable! I just and I'm teasing everybody now because we're not going to talk about it just yet. But <laughs> so so you find these accounts and you are able to tell that they're all retweeting. Uh, uh, the same people, and um, were you able to officially connect them to Sally Albright? Uh, just from your your data, or did that come later with the confirmation coming from Paul from Huffington Post, um, getting her to admit it? So I, I connected her to the um to them fairly um fairly quickly. Um, so one thing that you get when you uh, when you scrape all of the tweets from the accounts on uh, um, all of the tweets uh, on from from Twitter using the API you get the source so like the client that was used to tweet it out so like typically like when you're tweeting on your iPhone it'll say where the tweet came from it'll say that it came from your iPhone or the the web client or the Android app um, but all of these tweets that um, that were retweeting Sally um, all came from the same client and that client is called buffer and so maybe i could just take a second to explain um, what buffer is for people who don't know so so buffer is basically um some twitter automation service or software um that's essentially um it's 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 for uh people who content creators on twitter basically so um like an example use case would be um if i have a story or a a blog post that I want people to uh, to see um, when they're all signed on. What I can do is I can compose the tweet and then send it out at a later date, like when all of my followers are online. So that's kind of the the premise of of like it's kind of like TweetDeck if you've ever used TweetDeck. Um, but the unique thing about Buffer is that it lets you sign into up to 150 accounts. Um, for like the for, for the enterprise version, that's expensive um, too. That one, it's like something like two hundred bucks a month or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think the one for with only fifty accounts is like two hundred bucks a month or something. So yeah, it's it's not it's not cheap software, um, and it's it's specifically made for um, for you know social media marketing companies and stuff like that. Um, and so another unique thing about it is so like in in TweetDeck it allows it allows you to tweet deck is just like twitter's um twitter's own in-house like tweet scheduling program right um the unique thing about buffer is that um you can uh, in tweet deck allows you to tweet from like multiple or used to let you tweet from multiple accounts but they recently just changed that um but the unique thing about buffer is that rather than just scheduling um tweets from all of your accounts to go out like at a specific time buffer 
um, you know, it got it. it, it um, the reason why it's called buffer is because what you can do is um, queue up a bunch of different posts into like a pool that are be weighted uh, that are going to align to be tweeted out. So, um, so say I'm signed into 50 different accounts um, using buffer. Um, essentially, what it does is it allows you to make a posting schedule for each of the unique accounts. So I could have one posting schedule for a, one or a couple of accounts to be um, kind of aligned with, um, you know, like West Coast West Coast people, or you can have another one for people that are um, in Europe or something like that. So you can ha you can essentially emulate like a a real person's um, posting schedule. So it makes it tough to um, to you know it yeah it basically is just a way of uh, of emulating a real real user. It like staggers the tweets from all the accounts also, I guess, so it doesn't look like, uh, you know, like a bunch of automated bots are tweeting it out. It looks like, you know, separate people might be tweeting something similar or maybe even the same exact thing, but it's at such different times that no way are they not real people. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's kind of the, um, the, the selling point behind it. So, like, essentially, like how you how Sally would use it, she'd be going through um, going through Twitter, finding something that she wants to amplify from her 50 accounts, um, clicking on the, uh, the buffer button using the buffer extension. Um, and then, um, a window pops up basically with all of the 50 accounts that you're signed into. Um, and you just press tweet and then it will tweet it out from, um, all 50 of the accounts or different groups of accounts. It's a pretty advanced program. I, I, I downloaded the trial of it just to to see how it worked and yeah it just lets you uh tweet out um you know up to 150 retweets like staggered on different posting schedules all with uh with one click it's pretty pretty cool yeah and it's it's impressive that uh her pr firm apparently uh can afford to uh just give her this uh this little personal uh buffer account where she's paying 200 dollars a month or more to just do this to promote her own tweets yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's a kind of a far stretch to to believe that she's just doing it for personal use. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I, it's so hard for me to believe that someone is paying her just from reading her stuff. Like, I wouldn't like if I was a, a political party or a politician or or someone in need of some sort of digital strategist or communications expert. Like, just looking at her tweets and her account, like. It's not like oh okay she's a she's funny on Twitter or she's like witty like she has a specific personality on Twitter or something and you know maybe you know there are people who have a, a separate uh, almost like a they're almost like a separate person on Twitter but it makes sense like there's a reason for it she just doesn't seem like she's very good at what she does <laughs> yeah I mean there's a whole sadness to the, to the whole thing isn't there. Yeah, and again, I don't know her personally, but I do know that she's done work for some pretty terrible people. She's out here uh, now working for Democrats, and, and from the looks of it, now, for a long time, I thought, okay, she's one of those people who who left the party once it got, but again, she worked for Newt Gingrich in 2012, so it's not that long ago. But okay. Right, in, in between Hillary campaigns. Exactly. I did not realize that for a long time when I was... When I was aware of her, I didn't realize. I assumed, oh, she worked for Gingrich in 2012, and I guess something happened, and she decided that oh, I'm not a Republican anymore. You know, I didn't like how the Republican Party acted, or I don't, I don't know. But uh, I did not realize she was going back and forth. 
dipping uh, one foot into the uh, Democratic Party uh, uh, treasure chest uh, and then uh, dipping the other <laughs> foot in the uh, Republican Party pool. Uh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And of, cor- of course, uh, her, her rationale for, for, um, for going to campaign for, for Newt was to, uh, to get the experience of how the other side works, of course, you know. I mean, that's pretty unbelievable. <laughs> First of all, yeah. any good uh, strategist or communications person or whatever, you learn how the other side works literally by doing the work you do for your side and seeing what they do. To, to, uh, like Really, <laughs> literally. Oh, they deployed this uh, ad campaign or this uh, uh, email marketing strategy. Uh, okay, that's how they do this. That's how they're going to respond to what I do. Work for a local campaign and you'll figure it out pretty fast even. I mean, you don't have to go work for a presidential primary contender. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm actually shocked that the response, like the, 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 again, showing just how I don't think she's very good at her job. If that was me, the easy response is, oh, well, I worked with Newt because I knew he was going to go after Romney and put out all those uh, ads about uh, and really attack Mitt Romney for Bain Capital, and I wanted to take Mitt Romney down because Mitt Romney was the obvious front runner. See, now you're thinking like a real PR person. Like, come on, it's that simple. It's not too hard. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, a lot, I, I remember during that election uh, hearing that from from uh, Democratic strategists that they were actually pissed. That Newt Gingrich was going after Mitt Romney for Bain Capital so early on because they felt mm. that it wouldn't be a fresh line of attack when it came down to Romney versus Obama. Right. Yeah. So they're already dipping into the oppo file. So it's it's yeah. I mean, it's amazing that you wouldn't as some maybe she needs to again work some more on the Democratic Party line too, so she can understand how they work because it looks like she doesn't understand how anything works. Yeah, that kind of kind of the thing that's pretty apparently clear with uh with how she set this whole thing up now another thing to me again for most people this is some some behind the scenes person and of course you know she is clearly uh at least in certain campaigns was an important figure to that campaign um and online she she has really been one of the main voices of the anti-bernie sanders brigade which again, I think there was some sort of uh, polling that came out that showed somewhat something like what seven or eight percent of Democrats are in the not big fans of Bernie Sanders uh, uh, line there, and the uh, literal ninety-two to ninety-three percent of Democrats like the guy. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you would. I guess you like what I saw on Twitter was that I that did not seem to be the case on Twitter, right? Um, I mean, there's plenty of people that are uh, passionate Bernie supporters, or most people um, don't find anything wrong with the guy, but there's a very, very vocal contingent of uh, very anti-Bernie. See, my belief is that all, literally all those 7 to 8% of Democrats are on Twitter. I mean, every single one of them is on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, possibly paid. That's true, too. So maybe on Twitter, it's more like we're, we're seeing something like 15%. Yeah. So, so what I was getting to there, though, uh, before I forget, is that I want to bring the Russian bots into this. I spoke with Adam Johnson of Citations Needed uh, two episodes ago, and 
we talked about this fervor coming out from really even what were once level-headed uh, liberals. I'm not even talking about just like the anti-Bernie Sanders brigade, the weird 7 to 8% of people uh, who don't like Bernie Sanders and consider themselves Democrats on the entire planet. <laughs> the Russian bot thing has really caused some sort of hysteria online. And you see people with resistance hashtags in their name or whatever. Every time someone says something they don't agree with, it just accuses them of being a Russian bot. And especially you see it with the Sally Albrights. Anytime someone defends Bernie Sanders to her when she's tweeting about how he's a terrible human being, she's calling them a bot. She's assuming they're a bot. All of her followers, all of her... And she's got a pretty good uh, Twitter following, something like, what, 45 thousand followers again i'm looking now and she's following almost twenty thousand. so what i do when i see that is i usually just minus the twenty thousand followers from twenty thousand she's following from her followers and that's probably more of an accurate amount that's really following her and not just doing right. that all, and not just doing that whole like uh yeah i'll follow back and never read the person's actual tweets yeah yeah so yeah she definitely has a following how how um organic it is is um you know unknown but um, yeah, she definitely has some some followers on Twitter, um, and yeah. So I mean, the the whole the whole Russian bot hysteria thing has uh, really reached the the fever pitch now, um, where anyone that you don't agree with is uh, is a is a Russian bot, um, and uh, yeah, I think that it's a it's a kind of a sad sad state of affairs um, where um, you know, it's the, the go to the go to insult is uh, you're actually not real, so. Um, it's 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 pretty amazing amazing the, the level that, that it's reached right now. To me, it's just like, all right, here's one of these people who is one of these uh, Russian bot fanatics, and she's out here running her own Twitter bot network. Yeah, the it's the the, the hypocrisy there, the projection is, is is incredible. You know, she literally has has tweets saying that all of Bernie Sanders' support was. Uh, Russian bots, and then if you look at who retweeted that account, or sorry, that 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 tweet, it was all astroturf by Sally Albright using fake accounts. It's just amazing. Now, how deep? Now, we you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of names coming into this. How deep do you think this goes? Because I actually think I'm going to disagree with you here, but let's let's hear it first. Um, how right. deep do you think this goes in terms of uh, who else is involved? Or if not directly involved with running the bots, who is paying her to promote their stuff? Right. So this this is like something that I've kind of grappled with and thought about for a while. Um, so my uh, my best evidence for um, who is paying for this comes from a series of tweets from all of these accounts back in uh, back in January, where um, up to two hundred times per day, these accounts were tweeting out articles linking directly to share blue so that's um these are different than all of the um, retweets because these are actual unique original tweets sent from from these accounts um you know interspersed between thousands and thousands of retweets um there's this period of time where where all of these accounts were were tweeting out share blue articles um and all of the tweets that i collected um there was uh, you know, links, unique links to uh, to share blue articles tweeted out about two thousand times, um, and it was go- there was a, a spurt of them um, back in October of twenty seventeen, and then um, another big 
burst of them um, back in uh, back in late January. So um, that kind of just uh, that was kind of like my my circumstantial evidence that that share blue um, was either um, directly related or you know Sally Albright was working adjacent to share blue. Um, so that's kind of like the, the, the most, the, the best, like hard evidence that I have that they're at least working together. Um, and then analyzing all of the tweets and everything that, or the retweets that these, uh, that the fake account sent out, um, in the top five of the most retweeted, um, uh, verified users who had, uh, I think four of the share blue writers. So, um, Eric Belair, uh, Tommy Christopher, Oliver Willis, um, Chapman, I don't know his first name, right. um, but all of them were in the, 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 the top five of the most amplified um, verified accounts. So those two kind of, those two things together kind of um, makes me think that ShareBlue um, or whoever is running ShareBlue is, is behind it. And I think it's important to note too that uh, all those guys you mentioned, with maybe the exception of Oliver Willis, I mean, he criticizes Bernie Sanders, but I don't think he does it with the same uh, just weird anti-Bernie bias for the simple reason of not liking Bernie Sanders than the other guys do. But yeah, all those guys, not big fans of Bernie Sanders. Yeah, no, I haven't I haven't looked into too much into people like Oliver Willis or Tommy Christopher, just the fact that they, they work for sure blue. Um, but yeah, they, they seem to be getting, uh, all those guys, all those guys you mentioned totally in that, uh, that, that description of just guys who maybe before the election, they seemed like they were progressives. They might've even said they liked Bernie Sanders before, like, uh, halfway through 2015. But the second this, the 2016 election kicked off, these guys lost their minds. It's a, it seems to be a, a pet passion for them is, uh, <laughs> tweeting shit about Bernie Sanders. It's comical see i don't i don't know so much if anyone else is involved with this and my reason for thinking this is simply because um and any i, I want to actually for a second just again share blue for people who don't know uh was formerly known as blue nation review and when it was blue nation review it was owned by david brock and he's the one who ran that Correct the Record super PAC whose job was to basically uh, be uh, Hillary Clinton's unofficial campaign. I mean, she really had like two campaigns running, her official Hillary Clinton campaign and this Correct the Record group. Uh, he's the guy who uh, uh, founded Media Matters, who Media Matters, I-, I will say, does good work. And I think they were pretty good actually during the uh, Democratic primary and sort of staying out of that. But they didn't need to get involved because David Brock had a whole different media operation running uh, against Bernie Sanders during that. Right. Compartmentalization works wonders. Right. And after the uh, the election was all over, I guess they realized the Blue Nation Review name was tarnished for being nothing but a website meant to prop up Hillary Clinton, and they failed at it. Do you remember some of the like the, the headlines from Blue Nation Review? It's like, that stuff like Hillary Clinton is actually not a liar. Stuff like Hillary Clinton is like the most, uh, what was it? Hillary Clinton is the most ethical politician. Just like stuff that's just patently absurd. Are they the site that gave us the wonderful headline that in Africa they call her Sister Hillary? <laughs> Probably. 
I didn't know that. I didn't know that was real. But my favorite one, a lot of a lot of people looked over this one because this happened in June. I don't even know if it was in the headline, but it was in the opening paragraph. Uh, and this is just off the top of my head, so that's just how memorable it was. Uh, this is when the primary was in California, so it was already winding down. Everyone already knew Bernie Sanders was going to lose. And if you weren't one of those like insane uh, H.R. Goodman leftists, uh, I don't even consider them leftists. I shouldn't even call him that. He's just some weirdo who thinks he knows what he's talking about. Uh, those weirdos who consider themselves to be on the left. Uh, you knew that the reason Bernie was still in it at this point was to basically push Hillary to the left. I mean, that's why he was always in it from the beginning until right. they started to realize that, wait a minute, we might be able to actually pull this off. But at this point, they had already realized that the reason to stay in was to continue pushing her left, get to the convention, uh, push the platform left, and then they would have going to endorse her. Anyone who, anyone who ever thought he wasn't going to endorse her just has no political mind at all. Knows nothing right. about politics. Shouldn't be talking. <laughs> so, um, so they're in California, and she went to someone, so either a celebrity or some like a uh, uh, big wig CEO, someone's house for a fundraiser. And a bunch of people, when she her her cars drove out, threw money in the air. And I remember the videos. These were like young people, mostly, and right, they were they were they were yeah, Activists. men, women, uh white black hispanic and they threw money and they were singing like hey hey ho ho you know that classic activist chant that literally i think it started at union events like union rallies back in like the early 1900s it's been around forever and they were claiming that they were throwing money at hillary as if she was like as a sexist reference because they were also calling her a hoe <laughs> oh my god it was <laughs> I just never in my mind have ever even imagined someone contorting. Like, these are classic, like, grassroots yeah, the, activists. The hey, hey, ho, ho chant, like, engineered specifically to attack Hillary's uh, womanhood. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like, the next like well, the next thing you know, these guys are watching, like, Snow White with their kids and shutting it off at the song, hi-ho, because they think that it's about Hillary or some shit. Like, it's unbelievable. The Seven Dwarves are not... Bernie Bros. Well, maybe they are. They could possibly be, but I'm gonna I'm gonna assume their age category might put them in the uh, Hillary Clinton cat. Actually, you know what? They're they're minors. They might actually be Trump guys thinking Trump's gonna get their jobs back. <laughs> but but it was just so that's who Share Blue is, and uh, they are now Share Blue. They're no longer Blue Nation Review because I guess they realized uh, they needed to. If they were going to stick around and actually become a media company, they needed to shed all of that stuff that they did during the election. And they still are centrist democratic. Uh, they call themselves progressives. Uh, if, if they want to call themselves that, okay, I'm sure they have progressive ideals, but I wouldn't put them in the same category as uh, other people who are progressives. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's, that's a bit of a stretch. But Hillary Clinton also called herself Right. Well, she's a progressive who gets things done. Exactly. I always, I always loved that one, because you know what? I want a progressive who won't get things done if those things are bad. Like, I don't need someone who just gets things done so they can say, "Look, I accomplished something." If what they accomplished is bullshit and terrible for the country. Right. Yeah. Or um, Libya. Because that's what that means. A progressive who gets things done. That's what she's saying is, yeah, I believe in progressive things, but you know, I'll 
I'll give them up when I need to strike a deal to 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 just get some bill signed. No, Progressive who gets things done um, if those things are bipartisan. Yes, exactly. So we have down now Sally Albright's Twitter bots, who are not only retweeting her stuff, but a number of ShareBlue and their writers' stuff. And then let's get to this. So you didn't reach out to Sally Albright because uh, I guess I don't know. You're not a reporter. You're, you're not no. a journalist, right? Yeah. She has followed me though. Inter- that's interesting. Yeah. Do, you, do you know when that happened? Way before I started looking into her, I thought it was pretty curious. I think I mean she follows twenty thousand people though. So right. Who at Huffington Post again decided to contact her? Uh, Paul Blumenthal. So Paul Blumenthal contacts her, and I'm so happy we're now at this point. Please. Tell me what her reaction is and what her explanation of this all is when Paul Blumenthal says to her, hey, are these your accounts? Yeah, so I need to pull – I'm going to pull up the article right now because it's just – it's too good to not get it uh, word for word. Um, So here's the the, the final paragraph of uh, Paul Blumenthal's piece in Huffington Post. While it is still not known what organization was actually behind these automated accounts, most of them ceased operations after they were spotted by Trevor. Meanwhile, Albright, who says she is no longer connected to the unknown project, concedes that this kind of automation may be problematic. Quote, I don't really see it as the same thing as the Russian accounts, but I guess since you're calling me about it, I guess that means that it's something that I didn't think that it was, if that makes sense. People seem upset in a way that I did not anticipate, Albright said. Now, she hasn't tweeted or been online since this all. <laughs> yeah, I think that she still hasn't tweeted since the article came out. I mean, it's possible by, by the time this podcast goes up that she'll have tweeted something, but it is now a full 24 hours, more than that, since the article yeah, yeah, came out. 36 hours now. And she has not tweeted yet. And she's someone who tweets multiple times a day. She's a habitual tweeter. Yeah, that's, that's her job. And I just want to point something out. In her, her response, unknown project what what is she she I remember in that she claimed that she handed off those Twitter accounts. Right. So let me find that quote here. Uh, quote Albright admitted to HuffPost that she had handed over a number of accounts to that unnamed client that had been connected to previous projects of hers that were no longer in use. She also said that she changed the pictures of some of them. So maybe it'd be worthwhile reaching out to Paul to try to get a little bit more context to what she's saying there, because that doesn't really even make any sense to me. She admitted that she handed over a number of accounts to that unnamed client that had been connected to previous projects of hers. So I don't really understand that why she would hand over all of these accounts to the client, or it, it would seem to me that the client would hire her to use those accounts to to boost whoever the client was. Right, right. Now, I know I know people might be listening to this and thinking like, all right, who hands over dozens of Twitter accounts? Like, who does that? And let me give her the benefit of the doubt here. If you go to a website like Fiverr or you just search online for buying accounts, you can buy a mass amount of Twitter accounts. So you too can have your own Twitter bot network. And yeah, do you what can you get please for, with it. So you let's can get them for three to thirty dollars. So let's just let's just give her the benefit of the doubt here and say that's true. She handed these Twitter accounts or a portion of them over to this mysterious unknown client, the Umbrella Corporation of of politics. What client is buying these Twitter accounts to then mass promote the person who they bought them from's Twitter account? Right. So. Presumably, what she's saying here is that some 
that a client approached her, asked to ask for all of these accounts, and then had her promote herself with all of these accounts. Is that my I want, that straight there? I want to find a client who pays me to promote myself. That would be amazing. That would be the ultimate gig, wouldn't it? Can you imagine? Can you imagine what a great opportunity that would be? That would be like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Sally just finds the greatest clients, doesn't she? Who says that? I mean, I, I can't even joke about it anymore. Who says that That explanation? Who gives that bullshit and expects people to believe it? And works in PR? Is a communications director? Yeah, uh, I think that she needs to... She should have learned um, about plausible deniability. She didn't, all of this stuff is just so incriminating. She didn't pick up anything from Newt Gingrich's campaign, did she? I mean, yeah, I, it beats me. <laughs> Another thing I noticed, and let's get into this now. All right, so so we've covered the Sally Albright Twitter bot network and how it's been promoting her anti-Bernie Sanders screeds and also a lot of other uh, writers and uh, Twitter personalities who share that ideology. Right, yeah. The, I don't know if, you're, if this is where we're going to go, but I mean... In addition to the the share blue raiders that um, that were being promoted, um, basically in my analysis, I, I kind of broke I broke down um, the analysis by whether or not someone was a, a verified account or an unverified account. Um, and so, um, if I if you may go, you can see all this on my on my timeline. But basically, like all of the verified accounts, the primary thing that they that they tweet was anti Trump stuff. Um, but if I look at the unverified accounts, the primary, the, the, the most frequently tweeted word um, was Bernie. So all of these uh, unverified accounts that she's promoting, their sole or the most, the most uh, salient thing that they're tweeting about is uh, basically anti-Bernie Sanders uh, messages, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, and another uh, another fun fact from from the analysis was that um, it wasn't a share blue writer that um, that was the most frequently retweeted by Sally Albright, but it was none other than Eric Garland, the um, the possibly the, the loudest uh, shrieker about Russian bots on Twitter um, was the, the, the primary account that that was uh, retweeted by this bot network. Uh, Eric Gar, I feel like I need to do a whole episode on him. He's come up in so many. This is the tenth episode uh, of Doomed, and he's probably come up in, at least in passing, in half of them. So I need. To, I think I need to sit down and I'm gonna reach out to him. Actually, I'm gonna see if I can get Eric Garland on this show. Oh my god, that would be amazing. I'm really gonna try. I mean, I was able to get the uh, talking point. Uh, the, 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 I always say talking point now because I, I I don't even know why. I I did manage to get the Turning Point USA diaper girl on the show. So I mean, if she was willing to talk to me. Oh, you did. I gotta check that out. Yeah, I got the uh, the one the girl who. Uh, Quit, Caitlin Bennett. Yeah, the girl who ran the uh, the Kent State ta- uh, Turning Point USA chapter, who organized the uh, event Diaper where rally. they wore diapers, and then a few months later quit and completely threw the entire organization under the bus. Yeah, we talked. That was my longest episode yet because we did like a full show basically on 
what she can tell me about Turning Point USA from being an insider. And then I like had a, I would say like 30 minute debate with her about what she actually believes. Really interesting stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So was that like, uh, was that last month? That was, uh, yeah. February. Uh, I think it was episode six or seven. I want to say. So it was like right after, right after all of that. It it was the same. She, yeah, she quit the end of the end of the week. That article came out, and I had her on uh, early the following week. That's awesome! I gotta check that out. Yeah, it was it was it was something else in in many ways. Something else in terms of how much I appreciated just how much she was willing to throw Turning Point USA under the bus, and then also something else in terms of uh, what she believes. I was really uh, it was a uh, eye opening. Eh, no, I don't want to say eye opening because I sort of. Knew some of the stuff was coming, but in some ways it was eye-opening to see someone so young and becoming sort of woke to the uh, the scam going on with uh, Turning Point USA, uh, still sort of believing in some of this stuff. I guess that was the uh, eye-opening thing. But anyway, right. uh, yeah, you know, so I, Eric, Eric, Eric Garland is that what you're going to say? Right, I, I couldn't remember where we were. Yeah, so Eric Garland, man, I gotta have him on the show. I gotta have him. I gotta reach out. Hopefully, he'll do it. Uh, and if not, I'll need to talk to people who really can give me, who could, who could spiritually bring Eric Garland onto the show. <laughs> yeah. Who? Well, who was that pundit that uh, that called it the uh, the New Federalist Papers? Maybe you can get them. Oh Where right, right. Oh, like, I, who was that? I'm having a mental block right now. Um, <laughs> oh, but anyway, you know, we. I almost feel like I, I wanted to bring up uh, my Twitter bot. Uh, uh, uncovering, but I almost feel like you know we've we've gotten an hour here now, and I don't want to overload people with so much stuff that they're like just can't parse it all. Uh, I feel like we would might be, be too much Twitter bot uncovering for an episode. You might get your uh, Twitter bot networks crossed. So now now you got me uh, now you've got me interested. Um, Fine, I'll give you a t- all right because you're asking. I'll give you a teaser here. Uh, here we go. All right. So if you'll remember Jen Kirkman, the comedian who is one of those people who, uh, seemed like a normal human being until the 2016 election and they lost their mind and became like insane, uh, Bernie Sanders haters. I believe she tweeted once about how she wanted to, uh, see somebody or himself. I don't know how you would do this yourself. Chainsaw himself in half or something like that. Yeah. I I believe it was a reference to, um, watching him, um, penetrate himself with a chainsaw. Right, right, right. As you say, when you are uh, of level head. So she tweeted out that there were all these accounts tweeting this article out about Bernie Sanders trying to cut the U.S. uh, funding of the war in Yemen. And, I mean, bizarre, you would think that'd be problematic for someone to promote. The fact that there's a senator who's trying to stop uh, a U.S. war in a country that is absolutely... Uh, just war torn. The people there are just being just horrible. What's going right, on in like, Yemen? So bam, fine. The, yeah. the bots are afoot. They're 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 tweeting um, anti imperialist propaganda. Exactly. So she saw these bots tweeting out this positive story about Bernie Sanders, and she went on this thirty three tweet screed about how you know with screenshots of all these bots saying how they were Russian bots. And Russia's promoting Bernie, and why won't the Bernie Sanders people 
admit that this is going on and make their guy do something about it, yada, yada, yada. And then the people who saw this stuff uh, basically were replying back that they doubt this is, uh, you know, this, this is not Bernie Sanders' responsibility and it caused this whole other thing where she had another dozens and dozens of tweets uh, th- thread, a completely separate one, where she started claiming that all these people were attacking her and it was this whole big thing. So that happened. And I'm looking at these Twitter accounts that she's claiming are Russian bots and I'm thinking something is not right here. That yeah, she meant she pointed out they all have resistance in their name. They were all uh, using profile pictures of young women, um, and they all were tweeting out progressive stories, the same ones. Uh, but something was just off here. This isn't how you know. If you look at uh, even the in the ridiculous tweets in that FBI indictment that they uh, that the uh, Internet Research Agency, that Russian troll farm, uh, the stuff they were tweeting out during the uh, 2016 election when they were actually trying to influence. Uh, U.S. politics. Uh, their stuff wasn't wasn't just like tweeting out articles in their headlines. They tried to inject their opinion. They tried to seem like real people. So You're right. So so all of the all of the they, they, from what I gathered, they kind of just seemed like a like a progressive or you know of the left or Democrat spam network, right? Exactly, exactly. And when I looked online, I found that a month earlier. Julian Assange was complaining about the same Twitter bots. They weren't the same exact ones, but they were clearly all connected because they all had the resistance in their name, some form of the resistance. It was like uh, Ashley the Resistance or Jane hashtag Resistor, you know. Or Dana Resists. Yeah, stuff like that. And he claimed that this was anti-Trump propaganda because they were promoting some some story where McCain stood up to Trump as in McCain said something anti-Trump. But then probably if you read the story, uh, found out that uh, McCain ended up just falling in line and doing exactly what Trump wanted. But anyway, that's a whole different story. Uh, So he claimed these were anti-Trump bots. So you have on the left, uh, on on, on the left, on one hand you have Jen Kirkman, a liberal, who's claiming these are bots trying to promote Bernie Sanders, Russian bots trying to promote Bernie Sanders. And on the right, you have Julian Assange of WikiLeaks claiming that these bots are anti-Trump propaganda bots trying to push anti-Trump stuff. And uh, he didn't say anything outright about how who he thought was behind it. But his followers were all saying this was a Soros operation or uh, it was uh, funded by the Democratic Party apparatus. Oh, that's amazing. So, yeah. So, you know, and then you have someone like Mike Farb of Unhack the Vote, who most people probably know him as the guy who most recently was the one who put out that story that a bunch of mainstream outlets picked up where Al Franken uh, was uh, forced to resign thanks to Twitter bots. Right. Remember they, that did, one? Did they have to, didn't Newsweek have to redact that story? Yes. They retracted or the story because retracted, it's, yeah, yeah. it was just bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so you have guys like that who consider themselves, who, who portray themselves as experts, who really don't know what they're talking about. Uh, he was claiming that he agreed it was a Russia thing, but he wasn't on the, the – he, I guess he didn't see the Bernie Sanders tweets, but he claimed that Russia is now trying to push the opposite stuff to try to sow more discord throughout uh, uh, America. So that was his, his thing behind it. And right. I, so any, anyone can have their, have, have their take yeah, on uh, either side. Right. And, and regardless of the content. Exactly. Exactly. So everyone's just injecting their own belief into exa- exactly what happened. So I looked into these accounts and I looked at the sites they were all uh, linking to and they were various different sites, but they all looked exactly the same. 
using the same blogger.com theme. Uh, they were all posting the same stories. And I would say about 95%, I mean, it might even be being generous there, about 99% of the stories were all being uh, fed from one site called WashingtonPress.com. Now, right. I've never heard of this site before, so I checked it out. And it turns out that the huge Facebook page, Occupy Democrats, have started a news website under a different brand, but still connected. They don't they don't really hide that. Like it's clear that they share, you know, they have like something like 11 million Facebook fans. They share the Washington Press articles on their Facebook page. Uh, if you look up their uh, their employees, their editors, their writers on uh, Twitter, you'll find them uh, in their bio. You'll find that. Uh, both Occupy Democrats and Washington Press are listed. They're not really trying to hide it. Um, and from that, I actually came across uh, an article, uh, a bunch of conspiracy theorists on like uh, this website, Steam It, and on like Above Top Secret, this like conspiracy th- uh, theory forum, claiming that Occupy Democrats were behind it because clearly these blogs are promoting their their stuff. And to me, that didn't even fit either, because if you look at the articles being posted on these blogger blogs, uh, and they all have names like Vegas Hill, Hill Press, ePolitico, Share Doom, uh, not associated with this podcast, by the way. Uh, (laughs) uh, They all, uh, you know, they're all posting this Washington Press stuff. But if you look at it, they're basically just taking the entire article, even with the, uh, the image used in the article, posting it on their own blogs. And at the very bottom, it'll, it'll just link to Washington Press. The article doesn't give the uh, the appropriate writer their byline. It just does nothing for them. In fact, if you know anything about SEO, you'll know that duplicate content like that actually ends up hurting your search engine uh, rankings. It's not, it's not right. something you would so do. So it, it, would, it would actually hurt Washington Press if they were reposted on these yeah, other, all of these other domains. Exactly, and of course, it's it's posting the whole article. So that link at the bottom that says "source Washington Press." Why would you go there if you just read the whole thing on this this blogger blog? Right. So I actually reached out to one of their managing editors, and they had told me how they were aware of this going on, and they have no idea who's behind it. They want them to stop, and I absolutely believed it because I know, like I mentioned, it does nothing for them. So. I basically reverse engineered uh, all these. So I looked at all these blogger blogs and I was able to look at the source code and they're all using the same theme and they all, they all changed the same things and also didn't change the same things from this blog. Uh, any sort of connection to their blogger profile was obscured. There were no authors listed, no contact listed, but I did notice there was AdSense uh, codes on them. Now, if you know anything about uh, this whole Russia thing or anyone trying to push their sort of propaganda, you know, the first thing, you know, Vladimir Putin's worried about when he's uh, when he's uh, pushing out his Russian bots probably isn't making a little bit of that money back uh, by putting uh, Google ads on his websites. So it was clear to me right away that this was a money making operation. So I was able to reverse engineer the AdSense codes because they all matched on all these sites there's about 30 or i think about 30 websites in this network posting out this same u.s politics news all had who is privacy on their domains all at blogger like i said all the same theme and they were all sharing one of two adsense codes and i was able to reverse engineer to confirm they were all connected and i was also able to find out from that that there were adsense that same adsense code on 
blogs outside of that U.S. politics network that was reposting this stuff from Washington Press. Mm. And all these blogs were, uh, or a good chunk of them, were promoting Indonesian news in the same way. So I decided to look at some of these um, Indonesian uh, web, their, their domains, who is information, and the majority of them were also private, except for, I think there were two. There were at least two, actually, whose who is privacy had lapsed and was giving me the person's information. And it turned out to be this female blogger, or not even blogger, because she wasn't writing any of this stuff herself, it seems, this uh, female internet marketer type person in Indonesia who... I reached out to her, and her name is a pseudonym, so it doesn't really matter what her name is and the who is, but she confirmed that those were her blogs. Um, she did portray herself to be a little bit of an activist, being that she said that uh, she is not a fan of Trump, and that's why she chose websites like Washington Press to, to promote. Um, but, I mean, in that network, I was also able to find, once I had all this information, I was able to find that blogger profile. And on your blogger profile, if you know anything about Google's blogger platform, you see all the blogs connected to that author. And this person had dozens and dozens and dozens of blogs of all sorts, promoting not just Indonesian news, not just uh, promoting uh, U.S. news from a progressive angle. There was a pro-Trump blog. There was like a, like a, a, a viral website content blog, all sorts of stuff. And you could also track that if you look up her user, that, that pseudonym she was going by, uh, a bunch of posts and comments on different sorts of uh, AdSense and making money online forums. So it was clear that, all right, maybe she doesn't like Trump or whatever, but this was all just to make a, a few bucks. You know, in, in, in Indonesia, I mean, there are people in the U.S. Who, who definitely make a living off AdSense, but that bar to make a full-time living is probably a lot less uh, in Indonesia. So that's basically what this was. This whole network was just like your classic example of, oh, uh, someone decided to spam their internet marketing opportunities so they could make a few few bucks. And it created this whole political uh, panic here in the U.S. Uh, It's, it's, it's crazy. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean that, yeah, (laughs) <laughs> and, I mean, that's definitely, I, I've simplified it a little bit. Uh, you should definitely go to theoutline.com and read it. I'll link to it in Twitter. I was able to get a little bit more specific and everything because some of the stuff I had to do is, is just a lot easier just to see written out because uh, there's whole thing actually with the, uh, it's very confusing. <laughs> but yeah, so you can like, if you, you just need to do a little bit of work, like you and me both. I mean, talking to people yeah it's pretty crazy that we like the the hoops we jumped through and all these different things i had to uh you know reverse engineer source code and then go through multiple different layers you had to do this uh analytical uh data analyzing and all this all these steps to find your twitter bot to uncover your twitter bot farm uh but i mean between you and me like none of what we did uh, was something that uh, only you and me could have done. Yeah, anyone, anyone can do this stuff. All, all of the tools are, are free. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the uh, summarized version of my Twitter bot story. Uh, and it's cool to see that uh, uh, two Twitter bot networks have been taken down thanks to the two people. Well, not thanks to, to me so much because uh, I'm pretty sure that 
it was Jen Kirkman who got those accounts suspended because <laughs> she claimed they were Russian uh, Russian bots, and Twitter seems to be a bit more responsive to that type of stuff. Uh, but yeah. Oh man, that's cool. Uh, well, I, I really look forward to, to reading that article. I, I know uh, there's probably a, a bunch of uh, active measure hunters um, on Twitter that will uh, either appreciate or um, or be upset at your uh, your article for uh, upsetting their grift. Right, right. I mean, I didn't ruin anybody's uh, Twitter bot farm like you did. No one, <laughs> only people I know who, uh, the only person. No one that you know on Twitter, at least. True, yeah. I mean, unless this Indonesian blogger decides to come after me. Uh, she seemed to want to be very private, though. I'm surp- I was shocked she even replied to my email. She didn't reply to any of my follow-ups. I had a lot of questions. Because <laughs> sure. um, uh, uh, it did surprise me a little bit that there was a political bent to it. Because... Uh, I I think that might have been just a cover because she was worried maybe that her, her other sites might be taken down or action would be taken against her AdSense, uh, her AdSense account. But yeah, it was a little bit shocking that there was a that she replied to me. But otherwise, she was super private. There was oh, there's this whole other thing to get into that's in the article about how there were a few uh, of the U.S. news sites that weren't that didn't have who is privacy, but had completely fake information. And the fake information was interesting too. But uh, yeah, that's in the article. Uh, let's give people a little reason to go read it. <laughs> um, Trevor, uh, at liking online on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was a great discussion about Twitter bots and how they're being used and the people who are using them and how prevalent they are. And again, to me, the important thing here is, isn't so much like, you know, people might say, you know, in our world, Sally Albright means something because of who she is on Twitter and also what she does for campaigns. But I guess some people who don't live in the political bubble might think big picture, who is she? And they might think, uh, see my story and think, okay, who cares? This wasn't even what people said it was. But to me, that's the reason. This Russian bot thing is a big story. And people are really making big thing out of this and it never really was that broad of a thing and people like you and me are uncovering things that people want to push into that russian bot story to try to show just how prevalent it is but it's not prevalent because these things aren't part of the russian bot story right yeah yeah i mean it's it's amazing the 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 lack of proportionality um when mainstream journalists are are uh, are reporting on this stuff so I mean, you know, you know, like I mentioned with Adam Johnson, like to me, like Russia did have a huge influence on the election if and when I, I do think they might. But again, there's been no proof yet. So I, I don't want to come out and say because it could go. Maybe maybe it's not them. But the Podesta email leak and the DNC email leak that had a huge effect on the election. You might be able to point to that as maybe one of, if not the main reason Hillary lost to Trump. And right. if Russia ends up being proven to be behind it, then absolutely, that's there it is right there. But to try to make this Russian bot thing such a big deal, it, it's pushing away from the DNC Podesta email story to me. I mean, that to me should be the where where the attention is. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that yeah, the, the proportionality of, of, of what's being reported and what's being emphasized is, uh, is, is totally, totally off. Um, you know, for it doesn't really matter you know, where your, your political uh, ideology 
lies, you know. Right, right. All right, Trevor, at Liking Online on Twitter. Thanks again. It was a pleasure. Love to do it again. Keep uncovering those Twitter bots. Take care. Right on. Thanks a lot, Matt. I'm sure there'll be more to come. And like I said at the top of the show, you can read in detail how each of us, Trevor, a.k.a. at Liking Online, and myself, uncovered these bot networks via the links in this episode's description. And you know how you can support this show. Patreon.com slash MattBinder. Don't miss out on the upcoming patron-only content. iTunes reviews. Leave them. And you know what? Good old-fashioned word of mouth. I've actually been seeing uh, a lot of people recently recommending this podcast, especially on Twitter and surprisingly Reddit. Not only are you truly flattering me by doing so, thank you very much, but it actually works really well in terms of getting people to listen. And isn't that the point of this all? Anyway, with that, see you all next time on Doomed. Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons, the Transformers. Robots in the sky.